Evidence and Answers. Evidence and Answers, Pat is interviewed by Roger Marsh. Roger has a national broadcast entitled The Bottom Line, and today's discussion will be the topic of fake news. If you're unable to hear this entire broadcast, all of our messages are available on our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Here's Roger Marsh and Pat Zucran as they conclude the topic of fake news. And it's funny, Roger, you know, when I'm at 24-Hour Fitness, I see two TVs on, CNN and uh, Fox News, going on the same story. And sometimes you yeah. wonder, are they reporting on the same story? Isn't or that what? interesting? It really is fascinating to see how, that, and that kind of leads us, we're going to take a break, and on the other side of this break, we'll talk about now it's not just a question of, you know, what is being reported that is called fake, because there are some stories that are just flat out fake, but how a journalist would look at, how you and I could be journalists, and we're sitting on different sides of the table right now, we could look at the American flag that's in the middle of this table right now, and you see it one way and I see it differently. It would be one thing for you to say, well, I understand that, you know, I see more stars than stripes, and I see more stripes than stars just because the way the flag is folding. But if I said, I see an American flag, and you say, I see a Hawaiian flag, that's a whole different conversation. And that's kind of where journalism has kind of moved in this direction. So on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about how fake news gets started, how fake news spreads, and whether or not there is some kind of conspiracy of the left-leaning media. I'm talking with Patrick Zucran today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Pat is the executive director of Evidence and Answers Ministries, evidenceandanswers.org. What exactly is fake news? Is it some kind of conspiracy by one side or the other? How can we as Christians be more discerning to spot the fake stories from the real stories? Today here on The Bottom Line Show, joined in studio by Patrick Zucran. He's the executive director of Evidence and Answers Ministries. He also hosts a show in Hawaii called the 808 State Update. one of the hosts on that program. It's always good to get some time with Zook in the studio. And this is a, a conversation we might not have had a couple of years ago because of our different, you know, your, your more pastoral teaching and, you know, doing apologetics and that type of ministry. But God's led you into a season now where you're a, you're a media rat just like me. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know, people need to see how the Christian worldview provides the best answers to the issues of today. And they need to see how the Christian worldview engages the world around them. And well, so, and God's opened a door for you in secular radio, which is incredible. Right. And so, yeah, a lot of people were surprised. They're like, what's this, what's this Christian apologetics guy doing on a political talk show? Like, and they were surprised at how relevant the Bible is to the issues of today. Well, that's a great point to start in this conversation about this segment about fake news and, and how do we identify conspiracy theories. There was an article, I believe, just recently in the Wall Street Journal. It was written by a professor at New York University who was a Yale undergraduate, and he was discussing the fact that now he was 53 years of age and he was trying to understand the campus terrorism, basically, you know, the unrest on college campuses. Mm-hmm. And he started talking about the language that gets used with students. And he, he said, you know, you get to the point where there's a whole generation of young people that have been taught that the words have so much power that if you have an audio clip of, say, Donald Trump saying what he said about women, for example, that means he is that person, number one. So the words are the act of violence. And if you burn a school down or attack somebody, throw rocks and whatever, that's justified because you're actually combating violence, not even seeing the fact that they are the ones who are committing violent acts, but they feel justified in it somehow. And he's, then he, he punctuated his point by saying, of course, I sh- I'm a fine one to talk because I did not meet the first person who was a conservative until I was 44 years old. Wow. And I thought, wow, here's a guy with a Ph.D., from an Ivy League school, who's been a college professor his entire life. He's 53 years of age now. It wasn't until nine years ago that he'd ever met anyone who held a view different than his. 
And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you study this all the time. I mean, we, we've had mm-hmm. conversations about, you know, Israeli-Palestinian conflicts. And, you know, the, I think it's incumbent upon us as discerning people to dig through and separate fact from fiction. But this guy was basically acknowledging, while he's not a conservative by any stretch of the imagination, he said, it occurred to me that for 44 years of my life, my whole life up to that point had been built on, I watch these news channels, I read these news reports, I hang around with these colleagues. And he said, I'd never heard conservative viewpoints before. Are you sensing that we're kind of at that point where in the general population where one side isn't talking to the other and the other says, well, I don't like your news, so it must be fake? Yes. You know, Roger, that's one of the things people ask, why is there bias in the news media? And that's one of the reasons that you just pointed out. I mean, our universities and schools of journalism and media are just dominated by those who teach from a liberal position. And then when they go into their fields, these journalists are surrounded by those who think just like them mm-hmm. of a very liberal position. And Christians do the same thing. I mean, to be fair, you and I both right. know there are certain people who grow up in the church, only right. hang out with Christians, and would not know a liberal viewpoint if it bit them in the foot. So, I mean, th- th- to be fair, that th- this is an equal opportunity issue. But when it comes to the media, the reason why this is so important, I think this is where you're going, is college professor world, academia world, media world tends to lean overwhelmingly liberal, if not progressive, compared to conservative. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, one of the most famous studies was the Lichter-Rothman study, where they studied over 250 editors and reporters of major news outlets, the New York Times, Washington Post, Time, Newsweek, ABC, CBS, NBC, and the following. And, you know, the stats show that the vast majority of the news media are more left than even of our liberal congressmen. Let me just share some stats here. 54% state they were liberal. Only 19% said they were conservative. 86% seldom or never attend religious services. 50% have no religious affiliation whatsoever. That's why you may be wondering when they cover Christian news stories, mm-hmm. why you know they don't seem to be so fair or why they get it so wrong sometimes. Well, a classic example mm-hmm. is uh, like a 40 Days for Life event. You know, you've got Christians and Catholics, people of faith who are basically urging women to reconsider the, the, the decision whether or not to have an abortion. And what happens? We get panned on the news all the time. Yeah. And, but I can understand if they don't have any religious affiliation whatsoever, they wouldn't even try to understand. I was talking to a guy from the local newspaper here at one of these events, and he was there to look for the story because David Delighton from the Center for Medical Progress is going to be there, and he's a rabble-rouser, anti-abortion zealot, that whole bit. And this guy left. You should have seen the story he wrote. I was at the same event. He even interviewed me. And we were coming at this from two completely different worlds because all he was looking for was what's the story because these religious freaks, these religious weirdos, they're nut jobs. There's got to be, you know, some kind of clickbait in here somewhere. He wasn't even trying to see what was happening. Right. You know, and well, we used to always complain when they do religious stories. Why don't they interview a serious Christian scientist who's an expert in that field? Wait, or, there are Christian scientists? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> you never know yeah, it. Yeah, or some, you know, scholar, Christian scholar out there. But they're always going to have interviewing some, you know, wacko TV evangelist or yeah, something yeah. who gives some bizarre well, because if response. It, if it's the yeah. narrative, that's what they think the church is. So when they see somebody like that, they're like, see, that's why. So there is kind of, I guess, a confirmation bias. Yeah, right. So if they're... Young people out there that want to go into journalism, there's a great few. We need more Christian journalists, Amen. not less, who are out there. Yes. You know, but some more on these facts. 90% were pro-abortion. Only 24% believe that homosexuality was wrong. Other studies, one by the Freedom Forum and the Roper Center, conducted of hundreds 
of uh, news media people, and they discovered that liberals outnumbered conservatives 12 to 1. Wow. So that's, and if you go to New York, you know, where these major news media outlets are, and you look for where's CBS, NBC, ABC, they're right on the same block. They're just mm-hmm. blocks of each other. Mm-hmm. So they are, you know, inculcated in that culture that has their mentality and philosophy. They're right there on the same block. They go to school together. And so they think that this is how the world thinks mm-hmm. and right. that, you know, they're representing mainstream America. It would be like if all the news channels came from Saddleback yeah. or something, you know, we'd be given that perspective as well. They're just inculcated in that world. Well, Patrick Zucaran is here and with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. He's the executive director of evidenceandanswers.org, which is a great website for apologetics. He's a talk show host, and we're discussing this whole issue of fake news. And I'm pretty sure he's the first guest on The Bottom Line show to use the word inculcated twice in one segment. So <laughs> congratulations, Zuc. I mean, I appreciate right. you finding a way to work that in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're at the risk of sounding like like this is a dog pile. I don't want people to dismiss this conversation because they're saying, well, you guys are Christians, you're pastors, that you just say this is left-wing conspiracy, and that's just too easy to fall back on. I don't want anyone to ever have that conversation. At the same time, it would be really disingenuous if there were some kind of, the way you're describing it, it does sound like whether it's intentional or not, there is kind of this left-leaning progressivism and you're coming from the state that wanted Bernie Sanders to be president, so right. you, you know this. Uh, mm-hmm. There really is that happening there. And it's very difficult because I was having this conversation with a friend. It's kind of a Solomon's baby issue, I think, in the culture where you realize there's one side and then there's another side. And the one, I think, who is the closest to the truth is the one that's willing to reach out to the other side and say, okay, I want to understand you, just in the same way that the woman you know, said, the real mother said, let the baby live with the other mom because I don't, I, I don't want my baby to die. Are we at that point in the culture, Pat? And if we are, what do we do about it? Yeah, well, you know, getting back to your conspiracy theory issue there, I think you and I agree. I don't think there is a left-wing conspiracy out there. I think many reporters are trying to be objective in their reports, but it's very hard, you know, for any of us to completely set aside our biases and our agendas. And many of these reporters, as we just stated, being surrounded by this liberal culture, their school, their colleagues, and that the big three are right there within blocks of each other. I mean, I think they view that as just a normal perspective here. So being, you know, just surrounded in that culture, it's hard to eliminate any kind of bias from there. Okay, so in terms of conspiracies, it wouldn't be fair to say that there is one because none of us is truly objective. At the same time, it is discerning to be able to look and say, well, if the majority of reporters lean left or progressive, you know, if the majority of them don't have any sort of faith story, then that is going to color the way that they report the news. Okay, fair enough. Let's talk about fake news because we know that it's out there. We know that it's like fast food. It's like junk food. It's just, you know, people will consume it because we're human beings. You see the picture of somebody out there, you know, doing something and it horrifies you or it encourages you. And you say, wait a minute, I, I, that, that, that's got to be true. And then what do I do about it? Well, I want to talk about how we can practice discernment in the world of the news media. Patrick Zucaran, my guest, and we're talking about fake news, how to spot it and what we can do about it. Zuc is the executive director of evidenceandanswers.org, and Dr. Zucaran is a very a gifted apologist. Apologetics is his stock and trade. Leading people to Christ is. I mean, the, the, revealing God's truth in Scripture and, you know, doing archaeological study trips to Israel, you know, where you're looking at what 
the evidence are and what answers we can draw from them. But recently God led him into mainstream news now as a talk show host on a secular station. I was a little intrigued when we were talking about, you know, hey, you're going to be in town, let's come in here. And you said, hey, you want to talk about fake news? I thought, Zook wants to talk about fake news? Mm-hmm. I mean, but but you've seen what media bias looks like. I mean, now you're on the you're on the inside, not as a, you know, an investigative reporter. You're just watching this unfold. Talk, talk yeah, about that. Yes, you know, and as Christians, we need to practice discernment. The Bible, especially the book of Proverbs and James, that's part of being wise is to be able to discern truth from error. And we need to be able to do that more than ever, especially, you know, in these last elections, a lot of people were able to see mm-hmm. clearly the bias in the news reporting. So right. we need to be active in listening to, we can't I, be passive anymore. I heard a statistic earlier this week. The New York Times during the 2016 presidential mm-hmm. election had predicted that Hillary Clinton would be Donald Trump 87 to 13. And nothing could have been further from the truth, but they had just kind of gotten to the point. And some reporters are now starting to come clean and say, hey, you know what? We were just phoning this in. I mean, we had decided a year ago there was no way Donald Trump could beat her. And so we just kind of we stopped paying attention to what people were saying. And we kept paying attention to, OK, we're going to have the first woman president. And is this going to be great for America? And, you know, yay for eight more years. And you could see the media were really on their heels on election night. Not that this is a great day for America because Donald Trump won, but for me in the media and for you as well, I thought, boy, this is going to be a great day for America because a lot of people who haven't been paying attention, but they've been reporting like they're in the know, they got a bias here. And yeah. they weren't paying attention to what was really happening. And so now that makes it, uh, the, the onus on is on us even more so to be discerning as to what we're seeing and reading in the news. Right. And, you know, in the fear of sounding too pro-Trump, mm-hmm. I mean, there's things about him I really don't like. But here's one guy who doesn't seem to be afraid of the media and willing to call them out. So, you know, maybe for the first time we have a president here willing to just call out the media. And so it's bringing attention to bias in the media. It is interesting because there are things that he'll say or more importantly, things that he tweets because he uses Twitter like crazy. And <laughs> yeah. I know I'll wince, you know, reading mm-hmm. him saying, gosh, I don't want the, you know, my house, the president has dignified himself today, you know, to kind mm-hmm. of borrow that line from Michael about David. But realizing at the same time, though, if you look further into the story and see what ultimately winds up happening, more often than not, I want to say at least 80% of the time, he's actually been right. He just was very ham-handed about it. He, you know, kind of bull in a china shop about it. And it might be just what this nation needs in that regard. Whether you like the man or not, I think he's moving the needle in a good direction more often than not. Is he moving it that way with the right kind of bedside manner that we're used to from a president? I think you and I would agree, no. Not not by a long shot, but nonetheless. I mean, we, we did get to see bias revealed. And so it's, I don't even think we need the president sometimes to say, hey, mm-hmm. these guys are attacking. We, we know. Yeah, we, can, we can see it. But uh, okay, how do we practice discernment then? I mean, well, you need to see forms of bias in the media and how it's revealed. You know, bias is revealed in the language. For example, the abortion debate, pro-abortionists are called pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Well, who doesn't want choice? Right. Right. Evangelicals and radical Muslims are called fundamentalists. Mm-hmm. Well, are radical Muslims dangerous? You bet. They're fundamentalists. Well, evangelicals, they're fundamentalists. What picture are you getting when you're using yeah, the exactly. same words? Well, there? and it makes it sound, too, using that term. It's a great one for their side because of the fact that it sounds like, okay, fundamentally, I mean, from the get-go, you are constructed improperly and you're stuck that way. You're never going to change. There's no hope for you. Mm-hmm. So, okay, 
then we'll have to come along and we'll be the party of inclusivity and diversity and acceptance and tolerance right. and all that mm-hmm. stuff, which nothing could be further from the truth because the only way you get that is if you line up with everything they do and say, lock, yeah. stock, and barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another form of bias is what we call setting the agenda. Inclusion of favored stories and exclusion of unfavorable stories. Uh, you see mm-hmm. that in things like uh, the global warming, how most of the stories you hear favor global warming or what's called climate change now, and we don't hear the other side. Often when you want to practice discernment, you got to say, hey, are both sides represented here? Well, but Zook, 97% of climate scientists agree that climate change is a problem, mm. right? So why do I have to think about that anymore? I'm being sarcastic, mm. but but those reports keep coming out, and you can see where people just shut down the argument. Right, yeah. you know, and, and we don't hear the other side that's presenting their case, and they have a very strong case as well. You know, another form of bias is placement where the front page or the stories get more attention are the ones the reporters want to highlight. Above the fold, as they used to say. If you were looking at a newsstand and you mm-hmm. saw a newspaper, there's a, it's folded in half and the stories above the fold are the ones they want you to see. Right. The ones below the fold get stuck on the stack and you can't see them mm-hmm. as you're walking. Yeah. yeah. Another form of bias is interviewing. I mean, reporters may only interview people from one side of the story or look at who they're interviewing. I mean, they may interview people on one side of the story who are experts in that arena. And then on the other side, you got a guy that it's really not his field and they're interviewing him. Sure. Then we have another one called skewing the facts or what we call cherry picking, mm-hmm. where they selectively emphasize facts that support their case and exclude facts that would you know, go against their And that's case. one of the problems I see in the fake news conversation, too, is the fact that there are a lot of people who will say, I mean, you've got this continuum where there's facts that leads to information, the information leads to knowledge, knowledge then becomes wisdom, which is what Scripture tells us mm-hmm. to have. If you stay in the data collection world, then you can take a couple of pieces of data, like you said, and if you're trying to make your case, you'll say, well, these th- that's true. That yeah. These are facts. Uh, but... Yeah, it's facts, but they're facts in the same way that if you give me Bisquick and a couple of raw eggs, I can't make that into pancakes without right. a griddle and some butter and some milk and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the fact is, I still gave you eggs and, you know, pancake yeah. mix. So that, you, that looks to me like, oh, well, these are facts, so they must be true. So these guys are telling me the truth. Not, these are facts, but it's not all of the facts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have what we call skewering the truth, which is misrepresenting the information or presenting faulty conclusions. You know, a good example we just did a show on was Trump's, quote, Muslim ban. Right, you right. Know? Yeah. And when you study it, it's not a Muslim ban. There are 49 Muslim countries in the world. He only he did a temporary travel ban on six of these. You know, so it's not a, if you want a Muslim ban, he would have banned all the 50 countries. Right. But it's only these six, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's an example of skewing the truth. And maybe the last one we'll go over is photos and captions. Yeah. You know, I subscribe to Time magazine. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but during the, I read it online. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. During the elections, I looked at all the cover photos of Donald Trump and boy, he looked all he looked like a crazy guy. He looked scary. All the, yeah. yeah. Well, and not just him. I there were there, there were some other there was mm-hmm. a, a co- comparison of him and President Obama, but then there was one one article recently where they were comparing women on the conservative side versus women on the liberal side. Mm-hmm. And so, here's a picture of Michelle Bachman and she looks yeah. crazy, and here's yeah. a picture of Michelle Obama and she looks like angelic. Yeah. You know, and both of them are attractive women who mm-hmm. can be photographed very very well, but you know, they're really having a hard time yeah. now with Melania Trump because she's a model, so all they can do is say, "Well, she's not <laughs> born here and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But if she were, if they were liberal Democrats, it'd be, isn't it wonderful? We're so inclusive because yeah. she's a foreign born woman. Yeah. You know, so you, you can see that. Right. You can read that, read between the lines pretty right. easily. And when yeah. you looked at all the pictures of Hillary, yeah. man, she looked 
you know, beautiful and friendly. And I remember one cover photo said the fighter and she's smiling and clapping yeah. and waving and it don't look like a fighter, you know, doesn't look like a fighter to me. <laughs> no, not uh, so at all. you can see bias in those. So those are ways we can detect bias in the media. So it's really incumbent upon us as Christians, Pat Zucharian, for us to look at all of this, look at the, the pictures that are used, look at the headlines, the descriptive language, where these are placed. I mean, if you do subscribe to daily newspapers, a lot of bottom line listeners do, make sure you read to page seven and read mm-hmm. the B and C sections and try to find those articles. Sometimes in the main news section, some of the most important stories are on page 13 and they're one little paragraph with no pictures because yeah. they don't want you to see mm. that what happened. Whereas what you see on the front page, here's a picture, here's a story. Like if it's in San Diego, it's immigration and Donald Trump hates Mexicans or so, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, you look at that and say, okay, now wait a minute, that maybe that this newspaper has that opinion, but maybe like you said, in the, with, with, with what turned out to be the travel ban from majority Muslim countries, as opposed to a Donald Trump's keeping every Muslim out and right. kicking Muslims out of the United States too, mm-hmm. which nothing could have been further from yeah. the truth, but that was really easy to sell to a certain audience. Yeah. So uh, one of the things also you want to do is to get information from multiple sources, not just mainstream. But that's or, so much work. Yeah. Or I really just, have to look at two yeah. or three. <laughs> or not just Fox. Yeah. You know, but also. Oh, seriously, uh, yeah. if you're a Fox News devotee and you're not watching CNN or you're not watching MSNBC, mm-hmm. you're really missing out. Yeah. Because it's important to watch Or if you only watch CNN, you know, watch PBS to throw in there, too. If you watch one of the CBS or NBC, throw a Fox News channel in there, too. Mm -hmm. And just watch, if nothing more, watch objectively and say, isn't it interesting that the lead story on Fox today was the terrorist bombing in London, but the lead story on CNN was the Obamacare repeal didn't go through. And ask Mm -hmm. yourself the question, why is one so enamored with one story and the other is so enamored with the other? You begin to see, okay, well, what's the pattern behind this? Yeah, and we've got the Internet and we've got shows like this, talk radio. So you got multiple uh, news sources to look at and analyze and come to a wise decision. That's part of being discerning Mm -hmm. in the news media. Well, and I appreciate the discernment that you have brought to this conversation, Patrick Zucarian, because as we have a conversation, we could talk for months about quote-unquote fake news and media conspiracies, but I think this is a good primer here to kind of get the ball rolling to help those who are discerning, who Mm -hmm. want to hear discerning talk radio, not just discerning Christian talk, and not just radio. I mean, there are lots of multiple sources. We can hear your program program online. My program's online too. And uh, these are conversations though. But if you're a pastor listening to this dialogue here, may I encourage you to, Dr. Zucran is an expert mm-hmm. apologist and his apologetics knowledge is, is par excellence. And I'm just a hack who, you know, I'm Aaron and her holding up my senior pastor's arms you know, <laughs> on weekends uh, assisting. But nonetheless, I would hope and pray, and I, Pat, I know you feel the same way, that more pastors would be getting together for coffee and having this kind of conversation. Exactly. As leaders... Teachers, parents, it's important we be discerning in the media and be able to reflect that kind of discernment and present truth when it comes to the issues around us that we all be discerning and teach our children and the people in our congregations and our classrooms to be discerning as well. Now, it's do a we valuable need, skill. Do we need to know it well enough to host a show like you do? Yeah. No, that's, that's the thing. Everyone can become discerning in when it comes to news media. You just have to do a little bit of work. Well, mm-hmm. you just have to do work yeah. uh, to be discerning there, but everyone can be. They, not just guys like you and me, Roger. Everyone out there listening can be discerning of the truth in the media. 
Patrick Zucaran, the executive director of Evidence and Answers Ministries, evidenceandanswers.org is the website. We'll put that link up at thebottomlineshow.com. Thank you for helping us to do a better job of be discerning with the news that we consume, to spot the difference between fake news and real news. To And, and the toughest part, as you mentioned, is the fake news always has some real news in it. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's yeah. the problem because it looks real, yeah. but we have to be... In, in this day and age, I mean, as the, the days are getting darker and evil is becoming more prevalent in the culture, we can't be surprised by the prevalence of fake news, and we have to be discerning. We have to be good Bereans. Yes, and we thank you for the job you're doing here on well, The Bottom Line. Well, I appreciate it. You make it a lot easier, Pat. Thanks for being with me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be of a great value to you, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on the generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there online on the homepage of our website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, additional audio, and of course, Pat's books. Be sure to share our website with your family, your friends, and your church. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers. Yeah.